copyrighted broadcast is presented by the authority of the Office of Radio Free Brooklyn. Any rebroadcast, retransmission, or account of this radio show without the express written consent of Race to the Bottom Industries is strictly prohibited. I know that there's a chance you won't be leaving with me Then afterwards we drop into a quiet little place And have a drink or two And then I go and spoil it all By saying something stupid like I love you I can see it in your eyes that you despise I just always looked at him like you're really ignorant, and what drove you to say that is because you're jealous, because you could never be or have or even comprehend something that is beyond your limited, twisted, crooked mind. Damn, Carlos, that's a little harsh, but it's accurate.
Your internet radio dial is in the perfect position, and Race to the Bottom is on the air. Time to sit back and enjoy some refreshing Winslow tea. Try it hot, lukewarm, or over ice. Have it with milk and sugar, or a lemon wedge, or oh natural. Mmm, mmm, mmm. Now that's Winslow tea. A New York City tradition since 1872. Ask for it by name at the tea house or your local greengrocer. Because that's how you know it's Winslow. I'm John Reed. You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, and this is Race to the Bottom. Bam! That's the bottom. How's it going, everybody? In the background, we're hearing David Axelrod, and not the guy with the mustache who shaved his mustache and is an analyst on CNN and helped get Obama elected. It's David Axelrod, the producer and the composer and arranger. And I've been on a big David Axelrod kick recently it's it's good so um, that's what we're hearing in the background and i can't believe i have to say this but please don't drink bleach right so we're gonna talk about no i'm not even doing a political checkup again this week can't handle it too crazy but what i will tell you is that my opening monologue is sponsored by winslow tea because that's how you know it's winslow i'm drinking it now got just some um Lukewarm. Here we go. Uh, that is just refreshing. Please hashtag your tea drinking experiences with hashtag how you know and steep right on into that conversation. Yeah, so we got a we got a heck of a show brownie this week. Coming up is a conversation with my buddy and one of my musical heroes. Seth Kaufman, the man behind Floating Action. We'll talk to him in a little bit. We had a great talk. Can't wait for you to hear that. But first, how about that mashup? It's kind of thematic. Let's see if you can guess the theme. We started with Beach House. Other people. Other people want to keep in touch. They want to. So call them. Keep in touch. Do the Zoom. It's electric. Boogie, woogie, woogie. And that went into Doorbell by the White Stripes. And I've been waiting on my doorbell to ring. You gonna ring it? When you gonna ring it? Well, you can ring it, but I'm not gonna necessarily let you in. But I'd like to. I can't wait till somebody knocks on our door and we can let them in, invite them in for dinner. Come on over. Following the White Stripes, we had something stupid. I spoiled it all by saying something stupid. Like, I love you and that was 
Frank and Nancy Sinatra singing that. We we heard that in something. Maybe it was in Better Call Saul. More about that. We heard from U2, where the streets have no name. I want to run. I want to hide. I want to break down these walls that hold me inside. You start to feel the theme? I agree with you, Mr. Bono. Mr. Paul Hewson. And that went, uh, oh, we also heard Santana. And Santana was, uh, that was him talking on that Miles Davis, by bi- uh, not a biopic, a documentary that I was talking about a couple weeks ago, The American Masters. But I kept thinking about how Santana, it, before him, Stanley Crouch, from a crouch position, <laughs> was, uh, is that his autobiography? Crouch position? He was talking about how electric miles didn't sound good. And now it was back-to-back with Santana saying, if you don't get electric miles, your brain just isn't big enough. You're, you're not evolved enough. Which, uh, you know, I do like electric miles, but it is noisy. Um, but you got this guy, Santana, who made one of the worst songs, worst overplayed songs is it just called Smooth? Smooth? With Rob Thomas? Which played on every bus I was ever on in Latin America. If I don't like Smooth with Rob Thomas, Santana, does that mean that my, my tiny brain and soul just doesn't get it? I don't know about that. We'll have Santana on next week to talk about that. And we heard from Frank Ocean. We don't talk much or nothing, but when when we talk about something, we have good discussions. You you said it, Frank. Let's have some good discussions like the modern Fred Rogers. I'll be your Fred Rogers today. That sounds weird. <laughs> Off of Blonde, that was Frank Ocean rounding out the mashup and that leads us to a part of the show that I prefer calling recommended because that's its actual name. I recommend two things. Count them. Two today. Just finished season five of Better Call Saul, which was pretty great. It's so good. Five seasons can keep you company. But Better Call Saul is the it's the prequel of Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad came first. And Breaking Bad is about a science teacher who breaks bad and starts making meth. And he gets this lawyer, like two or two and a half, three seasons into Breaking Bad. This lawyer called Saul Goodman, who's a real shyster. And so then Breaking Bad ended and then they decided this this guy's too good, Saul Goodman. What's his backstory? Let's learn about him. Let's make a whole s- series. And it's amazing. And Saul Goodman is played by Bob Odenkirk, who is the uh, most known for being the dad on Little <laughs> Little Women, but um, he was also in Mr. Show and other things. But the weird thing about it is so this is supposedly in the pa- previous, previously, on Breaking Bad. It was previous to Breaking Bad, 
but they look older. I don't know if they're going to explain that in this prequel, how they look older than they will in the future. Whether they start cooking up Botox along with that meth. Hey. But uh, yeah, check it out. And uh, the other thing I'd like to recommend is what you're listening to right now. Isn't that nice? This is um, 3 colon stacks. And this is by Bonnie Vare off his first and only great record, in my humble opinion, for Emma Forever Ago. But uh, this is being covered by Grégory Merritt. Joining him on the record is Romain Collin, who I don't know who that is, and Bill Frizzell. This album's it's somewhat cheesy, but man, it's comforting. Moving right along, we're going to hear shortly from Seth Kaufman. But before that, let's let's do a round of sound, and this is sponsored by Tom Logan and Superfoods, which he is now, I guess, delivering. And if you want to, you can put in RTB at checkout and get 15% off. If you go to TLSFFD, TLSFFD.com. Very clunky website, but that is super Tom Logan Superfoods for Delivery.com. Uh, and thank you to Tom Logan. He'll bring you all your ancient grains, your superfruits, your super veg. He's got it all, and uh, we got a big box of stuff, and it's I'm feeling super. So thanks to Tom Logan, and, and go check him out and, and check out these tunes. First, we're going to hear from my friend, Meredith Domena's band, Tomorrow Tomorrow. Kind of a psychedelic lo-fi thing, which I'm liking. And this is their first single. I think we're going to get Meredith on the show in a couple weeks when the whole record comes out. But this first uh, song is called Elliot, and it's great. And it's going to be followed by Peter Gabriel off of his Scratch My Back record where he does covers of some of his his favorite songs. And it's another Bonnie Vare song from the same record for Emma Forever Ago. And it's called Flume. And Peter Gabriel's singing it with a big orchestra and it sounds beautiful. And then we'll hear from Nikolai Dunger off of his record um, Here's My Song, It's Yours, I Don't Want It Anymore. I think it's called... It's a long, kind of bitter title, but it's a great record that he did with the band Mercury Rev 10 years ago. And this is the opening track off of that, My Time Is Now. This is another one of those great, like, early spring records and songs. So we'll hear from that, and then we'll hear a little bit more from this Americana record, and then we'll hear from uh, my talk with Seth. So thank you to Tom Logan. Let's do this.
Hi, this is Tom Logan, the inventor of LSD, the Logan System of Discipline, which has revolutionized the way that parents deal with teenagers who are out of control. But today I want to talk to you about superfoods. That's right, superfoods, like kale, Swiss chard, collard greens, turnip greens, spinach, raspberries, strawberries, blueberries, blackberries, cranberries, green tea, almonds, pecans, pistachios, walnuts, cashews, Brazil nuts, macadamia nuts, garlic, ginger, turmeric, salmon, avocado, seaweed, and ancient grains like bulgur, farro, emmer, millet, buckwheat, teff, and chia. You all know that I have written extensively about the teenage mind, but I have begun to write more than a couple paragraphs on diet and nutrition. That's why I'd love to see you in my office, 4875 Union Square, 7th floor. Give me a call and we can set up a consultation. 917-222-2422. I want to show you how superfoods can work just as well, if not better, than LSD. Tom Logan is not a licensed nutritionist. Also, please show up to the office at least four hours before your appointment for paperwork and processing.
This copyrighted broadcast is presented by the authority of the Office of Radio Free Brooklyn. Any rebroadcast, retransmission, or account of this radio show without the express written consent of Race to the Bottom Industries is strictly prohibited.
two requirements for the program to continue. One is to set it up for the next group, which will be recorded so that you can have a copy of it. And the other is simmer down a little bit because the next group's going to get pretty intense too and you want to start from somewhere you can build from. So I'm talking with Seth Kaufman, the the brains and the brawn behind Floating Action. <laughs> What's up, man? Not much. How's it going? It's it's okay. Just kind of <laughs> getting used to this uh, this new reality here. It's so wild, right? Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah. Pretty much all you can say about it. Yeah. Yeah. What else? Yep. Just gotta wait. Gotta be patient. That's I think that's one thing that this is positive about this is just we gotta learn how to be a little bit more patient. Yeah. Which is tough. Not human nature. No. Especially not in modern life. And I've always kind of felt like it was weird before this in our lifetimes that we weren't humans weren't wiped out more than they were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I feel that. Yeah, like if I mean, if you look at what happens in nature, stuff gets wiped out randomly all the time. Just kind of the way it goes. We're yeah. smart, just smart enough to think that we can be above it, but we can't. I don't think. Yeah, well, it's also because we're conscious of of our existence, so we think we have a you know we have the ultimate say in whether it continues. You know. Yeah. So yeah. do we or not? <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know. Probably not. Yeah. Which is cool. It's fine. Yeah. I guess so. I guess that, those are the rules of the game. Have you ever had those uh, Hawaiian sweet rolls? Yes. You know what I'm talking about? The small sandwich mm-hmm. buns? Yeah. We have some. I mean, a uh, sandwich made from one of those right now. Oh, yeah. They're so good. Sandwich. Just ham and sandwich. cheese. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was gonna say those those Hawaiian sweet rolls are perfect for for ham. Yeah, we have a four year old daughter, Gretchen, that um, you know, with most kids, it's hard to get them to eat meals. Like they don't want to eat a lot yeah. of times, but for some reason, these Hawaiian rolls, <laughs> dude, she just comes down hard <laughs> on them. <laughs> Last night, she ate. We had salmon and Brussels sprouts. She ate that. And then she was like, I want one of those rolls. And we made her three sandwiches and she ate three of them. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. They have some kind of magic. Has Gretchen, your daughter, has she influenced your songwriting and music and stuff? Yeah. Seems seems like this record has, I don't know, I I feel her her presence on it. Mm, It's kind of interesting because I few records ago i remember the writing it when she was just a newborn you know that's kind of like yeah <clears throat> when your world changes everything's shattered and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. but now she's she's more of like a, a co-writer like a buddy you know i actually i know my old record label sometimes they try to help me with like licensing songs mm-hmm. it's never really it's never really worked out but <laughs> <laughs> They asked me, or someone asked them to ask a bunch of their people they work with to write songs for, I guess there's a new Bill and Ted's excellent oh, adventure movie yeah, coming out. I heard about that. Maybe it's, I don't know if it's still going to now, but uh, anyway, yeah. I wrote four songs for that that probably aren't going to get used, but you know, they kind of told you what they wanted them to sound like, which was kind of 80s normally. But uh, one of them is a anthem banger called I Never Got to Tell You Goodbye and that's a direct um, Gretchen co-write on that. She went through a phase where every time you would leave someone, like her grandmother or anyone, she would say bye but then you'd be driving away and then she'd freak out and be like, I never got to (laughs) tell you goodbye! I never got to like try to force you to go back and do it, say it again. That's amazing. Yeah. So the record also feels like I think you and I have talked about this. I, I'm maybe I'm just imposing my own thoughts on it, but I do feel like a lot of it is about like the struggle to kind of keep your ego out of the creation of things, and also yeah. not like letting the the world as it is kind of bring you down or, or dissuade you from just kind of staying true to what you do. Yeah. I think for a while, like a few albums before this, the maybe recurring theme was that, but and being kind of pissed off about it or like complaining about it, you know? Yeah. And now it's like, literally, I don't care <laughs> ab- about it. <laughs> that seems like maybe that comes from from your daughter too, maybe in a way. Yeah, I'm sure. And definitely, because I feel like the albums that I've made the last few are really good but the fact that you're like no record company or management or anybody is gonna touch it so it's kind of like it's a weird spot because you're just like it literally doesn't matter how good it is yeah (laughs) 
Yeah, no, it's in, and I dealt with the same thing and got yeah. re- really bitter. And then, like, uh-huh. I literally gave away all my musical instruments to friends and didn't, and I didn't have anything to make music on and, like, went mm-hmm. back to school for writing. And, and I remember that. That's how I dealt with it. You know, it's, it's kind of an impossible situation because, yeah, it's, true and and you know and then with the the covid reality it's even more intense where it's just like no one wants anything to do with with anything um, yeah and it's so hard to figure out what what are the things that people want to be a part of or or that people want to people with the means to do so want to support it's like it's so elusive i also want to interject real quick that when you left Asheville that was the day the music died in the Asheville <laughs> music scene I'm serious <laughs> it really was the end of an era wow well thank you I guess no, I don't, yeah I don't know <laughs> Wait, you don't so have to say anything I guess that kind of leads to another question you have the opportunity to play to tour and to record with some folks who for whatever reason have met with success with what mm-hmm. they do, like, you know, Angel Olsen blew up and Ray LaMontagne and Jim James. And you, you played on a, a little bit on a Lana Del Rey record, right? Yeah. How does, like, working and playing with those people affect your kind of, like, hopefulness or idea of, like, anything being fair in the, in the music biz or how does it affect that and then how does like what have you learned from them like musically i'm just real thankful like once i think it's really good for like an exercise and how to <clears throat> get over yourself you know so much in trying to be a successful artist is is ego you know mm-hmm. some people can have so much of it and pull it off and make it work and then some people have the ego but then they can't quite make it work for them and they destroy everything around them you know yes but i think it was good for me it was <laughs> once i finally realized that with floating action my band at least no matter what i did it was always going to be this outsider kind of thing that only a few quote-unquote cool people were going to get you know like mm-hmm. And I think that's probably actually what all the record labels and management, they can see that. That's what they're good at for their jobs. It's recognizing when, you know, the masses are probably going to bite on something. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, I get. I mean, I guess, I guess that, but it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy because, yeah. I mean, if they, you know, they make those determinations, but who's to say that if they didn't put a little love behind uh, you know, a different set of artists, those wouldn't be just as successful, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, too. And I think the longer music goes on, you know, there's all these tried and true formulas and, like, a lot of them don't work anymore. Yeah. And I, in a way, I, these music industry controller people are more desperate, probably. And they're just like, this formula worked for us once. We got to try it, you know, and not yeah. really like having great hair cells for, since the beginning of time <laughs> and like having a great physique, a sexy body. It's very nice, very helpful. Yeah. But then you have like, 
the argument about that I would always make is that like that was less of a th- like Paul Simon or or like Billy Joel like we're not you know right very <laughs> you know or Elton John these like weird looking guys somehow were able to just like I mean I've talked about this maybe <laughs> not to you but like to you know in my bitter phase of, of things I would just like there, there's not like a an artist that can just do like record after record that's met with interest and that has some good singles on it and then they just keep progressing in that mode of like Stevie Wonder Whoever these people like that just doesn't like who would that be like John Mayer would be the closest to that like there's not a space for like a society to just you know or the culture to just kind of follow along with somebody's work yeah I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole of the business I want to talk about the record which is great and which is called outsider art what inspired you to do this record as far as like it seems like I made the joke to you a while ago asking whether Floating Action is a band or a out, outdoors magazine. Uh-huh. Do you remember that? <laughs> like, yeah. So I feel like uh, just like being outside and riding your bike and, and stuff like that is a huge part of, of what you do, right? Yeah. And I actually, seconds before this interview, I just got off the trail from writing i'm so jealous that you get to go out into nature i'm like stuck in my apartment in new york city (laughs) i was kind of thinking about that as as i rode it's like oh it's so cool that to be this close what else musically and and just in the world is brought you to this record and what what's uh, getting you through these times now well i'm really psyched on this outsider art record is cool to me at least because i feel like most records i have played on for other people or other floating action records you know the Mm-hmm. you're like listening to certain records during it you know stuff like and you're like oh we we're listening to a lot of blah 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 but for this i purposely didn't i wasn't listening to anything yeah and wasn't none of the none of the songs are to in my mind have like a hint of reference to any other songs or anything so you weren't really listening to music you were the only time you were experiencing music is when you were recording the thing yeah oh that's really cool i guess that's another thing about i don't want to keep talking about my child but (laughs) maybe certain personality kids are all different but my daughter talks non-stop yeah if you so you can never do anything you want to do (laughs) she any and she has that thing too where like if you just put on music she just starts kind of like 
talking louder over it and fights you and if you mm -hmm. try to put her in timeout or make it stop like it, you're still even when she doesn't win she still wins <laughs> does yeah. that make sense because you still end up not listening to music but yeah i mean i thought that was i'm kind of into that too yeah just like not copying anything at all sometimes you just gotta clear clear out the ear canals i remember that right. like i mean and i'm sure like going on tour and stuff like I remember being on tour and just being going to things like South by Southwest or Bonnaroo, mm -hmm. uh, and where I just we would get back in the van and we would just not play any music, just because yeah. it was just oversaturated. Oh yeah, especially yeah, especially like festivals. Yeah, Woo. you just get bombarded with sound. That's a whole nother podcast episode. Bombarded with sound. Yeah, just the fest festival lifestyle. Uh, yeah. Of course, it's... Yeah. Who knows when that will come back. Yeah, maybe it won't. Maybe it's yeah. worked itself out naturally. Mm -hmm. Do you worry about being uh, too prolific? <laughs> I mean, I don't want to use that. You know, I don't like using that term, but... Worry? Yeah. <laughs> um, about. <laughs> <laughs> but I do feel like w whatever it is... I, I kind of and this ties back in with what we were talking about earlier about um, with like once floating action I kind of gave up on trying to pursue that classic model of music industry success and because when I was on I guess the last real record label I was on was was New West and they were um, some of them are really super nice guys of course but what they had like a new A&R person who I'd have these soul crushing phone conversations with mm -hmm. and she, she was like supposed to figure out when my record was was next in the lineup to come out you know you have to wait like mm -hmm. a yeah. year and a mm -hmm. half and you're just waiting and you're like man it's like it's 2014 it seems kind of like not necessary anymore <laughs> yeah but anyway she was she was kind of like yeah i mean i need to i need to listen to your album she hadn't even heard heard it yet <laughs> and she was like the cover of it is looks cool so i mean that's promising and it i think that i was kind of like all right this is not good and then after that i was like i'm, I'm just gonna release records on my own and then you can just put them out because i yeah. feel i feel like i've got all these ideas come to me and you write songs and record them and like why I mean if I hadn't had started putting out stuff on my own like nothing there would be no floating action albums you know for the past four, it, four or so let's see one two three four five six wow but then when you see it in the perspective of COVID Orbit were kind of like just insects waiting yeah. to be crushed, and it's kind of like, oh, who really cares anyway? Yeah, I guess that's the positive spin on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it makes me feel I love making up stuff and recording stuff. It's so much fun and so gratifying. Like, so maybe that's the positive spin. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, the, from. 
for me, I just, I listen to your stuff all the time and I tell people about it all the time. Oh, thanks. And it's just, uh, you know, so it's not just for you, you know, sometimes it feels like it's just, I know that from my own stuff where it's just like, man, I feel like I'm having fun with this. I hope someone yeah. else is like, and I think that's probably been the, a big theme of my last few years is like realizing also as you grow older and wiser that being humble is maybe one of the biggest things in life period i remember going to this shaman in the bronx uh-huh. with uh jada mena um, mm-hmm. and it was some like family shaman that they all would go to yeah. and uh he was he looked at me and he says you know he, he seemed somewhat psychic or maybe he just, you know, picked up cues or whatever. I never know about that psychic stuff, but he looked at me and he was like, you want to be um, a successful musician, right? And I said, yeah. And he said, you're too sane to be able to do it. It's never going to work for you. Right. <laughs> and I don't feel like I'm that sane, but maybe he's right. right. Yeah. And that's kind of also what we were talking about earlier is where those music industry people maybe that maybe they're shamans too to yeah. a degree <laughs> yeah. they can like sense if you've got that thing his leather jacket had chains that would jingle they both met movie stars partied and mingle their A&R man said I don't hear a single the future was wide open. Well, thank you for talking today and for uh, all the all the records and we'll play play a track. I'd like to play It's Only Make Believe. What is that the title? It's a, yeah, that's the correct title. Um, I've had this song in my head forever for like the past two weeks or however long the record's been out I, time has stopped so i have no idea yeah i know <laughs> but, but um i love this song it's only make believe this is one of the ones that i felt like it, it, your daughter was was like in in the songwriting process <laughs> yeah i think it says no one ever listens to what mother nature has to say well maybe maybe that will start to change who knows yeah thanks thanks so much for talking man yeah yeah it was a a true pleasure i feel like we were really starting to hit on some things well Well, great to talk to to you another human being i know (laughs) and uh stay safe and uh hope to see you in person in the sometime in the next year or two yeah that would be excellent all right bud all right talk to you later Bye. bye right that's the show thank you to seth for a fascinating very real conversation thank you to johnny's as always even though i'm not doing the political checkup this week support johnny's on the corner of crisco road and popular creek they do the job right and then check it that's johnny's way thank you to tom logan as a reminder go to tlsf 
what is it? TLSFFD. Tom Logan Superfoods for Delivery.com. And enter RTB at checkout, and you'll get some some superfoods at a discounted price. And, uh, oh, guys, if you're listening to this on your computer, download the app for Android or BlackBerry and sign up for our newsletter, Radio Free Brooklyn slash newsletter. You can go there and, and get that and then donate to the show or you know what I'm pushing. Let's get all the, all the race to the bottom listeners to do this. Come on. My mom said she did it. It was really easy. I did it. You guys can do it. If you're ordering from Amazon, which we all probably are, even though none of us should, go to Amazon.com slash smile and enter in. I said this wrong last week. You order, you you don't enter Race to the Bottom. You enter Radio Free Brooklyn as your charity or nonprofit. And then every time you go to Amazon through the smile thing, uh, we, we get a little piece of, of the pie of Jeff Bezos's enormous pie. Ugh, yeah, what a world. Stay tuned for Crime Talk BK with Joanna Perpich coming up next. And keep keep us, uh, just keep the dial locked all, all day, why don't you? Radio Free Brooklyn, so much good stuff. And I will talk to you guys next week. Let's go out with Floating Action, the song that I was listening to for comfort, another comfort song, got me a little choked up a few days ago. Race to the Bottom, this is Radio Free Brooklyn. Bye, guys.
Bottom comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, the William and Flora Hewlett Foundation, the Hewing Marion Kaufman Foundation, the Melville Charitable Trust, the Moby Dick Charitable Trust, the Charitable Trust for people who have read Moby Dick, the Charitable Trust for people who say they have read Moby Dick, the Carnegie Corporation of New York, the Carnegie Corporation of Alabama, the Alfred P. Sloan Foundation, the Alfred E. Newman Foundation, the Mad Magazine Foundation, the Cracked Magazine Foundation, the Annie E. Casey Foundation, the Easy E Foundation, the Geraldine R. Dodge Foundation, the Ford Foundation, the Chevy Foundation, the Bob Seeger Foundation, the Boz Skaggs Foundation, the My Uncle Said My Music Sounds Like Boz Skaggs Foundation, the Who Is Boz Skaggs Foundation, the Joyce Foundation, the Noise Foundation, the People Who Say Nice Like Noise Foundation, Joan Crock, the That's a Crock Foundation, the National Endowment for the Arts, the Stanley Foundation, the Angela Foundation, the Oscar Foundation, the Creed Foundation, the Phyllis Foundation, AARP, Alaska Airlines, American Society of Clinical Oncology, American Society of Non-Clinical Oncology, American Society of Partially Clinical Oncology, Charles Schwab, the ConocoPhillips Company, the Wilson Phillips Company, First Look Studios Home Entertainment, Blockbuster Video, Miramax Films, the National Association of Professional Organizers, the National Association of Semi-Professional Disruptors, the American Speech, Language, and Hearing Association, the American STFU Association, Anheuser-Busch Companies, Dow Chemical Company, T. Rowe Price, Corn Rowe Price, General Motors Corporation, Specific Motors Corporation, National Association of Realtors, Johnson Controls, and the Carey Group.